0: Empower series. We're in the last week of our Empower series and I get the absolute pleasure of welcoming up our awesome senior pastor. I will spit them words out. Why don't we put our hands together for Pastor Mel as she shares a word. Fantastic. Thank you so much Adele. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? Isn't it good to be in God's house? Amen. So, so good. Uh, Kyle, where are you? Thank you so much for leading us in worship. Uh, Kyle is from uh, Grace Life Church and uh, he's come to help us to serve us here at Everyday Church. He was on staff at Teen Challenge for a number of years and he just served God so faithfully and still is. We're all a part of the kingdom, right? And uh, so that's fantastic. As you know, last week I wasn't here. I miss being in church. My little daughter uh, was sick with pneumonia, but she is better. And I want to say thank you so much for all your text messages, for reaching out, uh, for dropping presents off. I've never seen Tiffany get so many gifts. She might just get sick again. And uh, But we, we are, uh, are part of such an awesome and beautiful community here at Everyday Church, aren't we? And it's just so fantastic to see and to witness. So praise Jesus. So today we're wrapping up our Empower series. We are wrapping it up today and our heart for this series is for us to know and understand that we each have been empowered to serve an almighty God. That we each understand that and not just in our heads intellectually but in our hearts as well. And though we have different gifts, we have different talents, we all serve in different areas but we come together for one mission, And that really is the Great Commission. It was Jesus' last words to every single believer before he left this earth. And that is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That instruction wasn't just for the pastor. It wasn't just for the preacher. It wasn't just for the evangelist. It wasn't just for the prophet. It was for every single believer if you put your trust in Jesus Christ that is you that is the instruction to you and I love how Pastor Adele shared on the first week she shared about our mission and our vision here at Everyday Church and you can simplify our mission really it's the Great Commission any church you go to really their vision or their mission is the Great Commission it's just packaged differently it doesn't matter it's the same thing because that's what we've been called to do and ours has been simplified into three words. And the reason for that is a few years ago, I'll tell you this story. I wasn't going to, but I will. Uh, I went to uh, coffee with uh, someone on our state executive and they said, what's your vision? What's your mission? And it was, I, I, I just went blank. Like I couldn't remember it because it was so long. And so I will simplify. I thought as I walked away, I was so embarrassed. I thought we need to fix this. We need to simplify it into three words so that I remember it, which is important, but that you remember it too. Connect, grow, empower. Then we put a banner up so we can see it and remember it and never forget it. And then we we see that it's for everyone, everywhere, every day. It's not just a Sunday thing that we do here. And so we're committed to helping people connect with God have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ that has to happen first right and then grow in relationship we we're created for relationship that's why we we're created and so we grow in relationship with Jesus we grow in relationship with each other and then empower empower others to make a difference in the lives of many not just the pastor not just the preacher not just those on team but every single person is empowered to make a difference in the lives of others. Because, you know, we have a heart to advance God's kingdom in this community, in our city, and across the world with the message of Jesus Christ. And Pastor Adele kicked us off the first week and she shared so beautifully about serving from a position of grace. It has to start there. We serve because we're empowered by grace. We are graced to do what God has called us to do. And then Pastor Jacob shared last week, he was so sick, he sat down, but he was still standing, sitting strong. Amen. It was either me or him that had to push through last Sunday, and it was him, the man of the house. Yes, go Pastor Jacob. And he shared about uh, Solomon and how Solomon prayed and asked for wisdom to fulfill the call upon his life. What are you praying and asking and God to fill you with? to equip you to do all that you're empowered to do. And so if you missed any of those missed messages, I don't expect you do. You're the type that come to church and sitting on the edge of your seats, listening, listening. And if you miss it, you're going to jump online and have a listen to our podcast. So why don't you do that? Praise God. So I want to share a scripture with you this morning, a scripture that that challenges me to the core. If you come this morning to be <laughs> fluffed up and, you know, to feel good. I'm sorry. If I get challenged, you've got to get challenged too. This scripture challenges me to the core and I expect it's going to challenge you too. And it says this, Romans fourteen twelve. therefore each one must answer for himself or herself. We know he's speaking to both genders and give a personal account of his own life before God. Did you get that? We'll read it again. Therefore, each one must answer for himself and give a personal account of his own life before God. I don't know what that does to you, but what that does to me is it instills this awe, this, this fear of God that I take this one life that I've been given, that I take it quite seriously. Understanding that this life that I've been given is not my own. I don't get to do whatever I want with this life. Because when I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart, I understand that I was buried with Christ and that I was raised to new life with Him. I was raised to new life with Him. And I understand that I am accountable to God for this one life that He has given me. And if you're a believer this morning, if you're not, I'll give you or we will give you an opportunity at the end of the service if you're not a believer. But if you're a believer this morning, you too are accountable for the life that God has given you. Because when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, your old life was buried with him and you would raise to new life in him. And you know this new life, it brings abundant life, doesn't it? it brings peace it brings forgiveness it brings restoration it brings reconciliation it brings unity it brings us back into relationship with our heavenly father back home the prodigal son he runs out to meet his son and he wraps him in his loving arms it's what jesus christ it's what god does with you when you give your heart to jesus it brings us back home and we can go on and on and on with what else it brings but what it also brings is it brings accountability. Wow. Because where there is love, there is accountability. Wow. We, hold, we, we think about our children. If you have children, if you don't, you'll have to imagine it. And I'm sure you'll do the same thing as us mean parents do. But, but we hold our children accountable, don't we? We have to. We hold their actions accountable. Why? Because we love them not because we want to punish them, we're not looking for ways to punish them, but we hold them accountable for their actions because we love them, because we want to see them live their best life. We want to see them thrive and flourish, don't we? That's why we hold our kids accountable. We, we, we want to see them be what God has called them to be. We want to see that. We want to set them up for success. And to do that, there has to be accountability. Accountability. There has to be. And you know, God is exactly the same with us. God wants us to live our best life. He wants us to be all that he's called us to be because he planned our good works, our destiny before we were even born. If we read in Ephesians 2.10, it says this. I'm still struggling (coughs) with a bit of a cold, sorry. We've become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one, even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. We are a created people, (coughs) born again if you like, born again given a new life. Our old life is gone. We're raised to a new life, joined to Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And because of this, because of this, we can fulfill all that God has given for us to do. And God holds us accountable to the plans that he made or that he laid out for us because he loves us. He wants us to live our best life. He wants us to. And he knows what that looks like because... When he made you, he knew. He knows what he put inside you. When he knitted you in in your mother's womb, when he put you together, he he knew what he was doing. He knows what he placed in you. You were created on purpose for a purpose. It's not just a cool saying. It's the truth. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And God created us, me and you, out of this place of love. This love that existed between the Trinity, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, he created us out of that place, this place of love. And from this place, this place of love is where God calls us to serve him from. It's from this place where we serve God. Galatians 2.20 says this, My older identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me, and we live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. How awesome is that? It is this love that fills us, this love that that God has for his Son, this love where where God gave his only son, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world, this love that took Jesus to the cross, we sang about it this morning, where he was crucified and then he rose again. It's because of this love that we receive this new life and are transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And as we're filled with his agape love, it's a special type of love, God's love. Agape love. It's pure. It's it's unending. It doesn't stop getting poured out upon us. It's it's pure. It's right. It's agape love. It's not like human love. And he keeps pouring it out upon us. You know, we can't stop the sun from shining. You can't stop God's love from being poured out upon you. It doesn't matter how far you run or how far you go or what you did yesterday or even this morning. If you yelled at your husband on the way to church. God still loves you. It doesn't matter. His love continues to be poured out upon you. And it's from this place, from this love that we serve an almighty God, that we serve our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our perfect example. You know, Jesus came to serve and not be served, didn't he? He came to serve and he came to serve because of his love for his father he was in a loving relationship with his father he loved his daddy god so much and he loves and he loves his people and that's why he came to serve and it is this same love that empowers us to serve in god's kingdom that's why we serve because of this love we're empowered by his love it is this same love that draws us to become one with christ and receive a new life in him and so we don't serve out of guilt If we do, you're not going to last very long. You're going to get really annoyed and you're going to blame somebody on the team or your team leader or the pastor or the church and you're out of here. We don't serve to earn brownie points. We don't serve to receive accolades or recognition, though that's nice at times. It's nice to be recognised and receive accolades, but that's not why we serve. We serve in his kingdom because he is God, full stop, that's all, nothing else. We serve in his kingdom because we love God and we love his people. We serve in his kingdom because Jesus is our perfect example. We serve in his kingdom because of his love that's overflowing that we have for him and also his people. We serve from this place of love, God loved us first, and so we don't serve to earn love, do we? We don't. We don't serve to try and get his love. We don't serve to perform. We don't serve for perfection. You know, it's not like human love where sometimes you have to earn it. Some of us grew up, grew up having to earn a type of love. You know, it's a conditional love. It's, it's a love based on performance. The, the, the God we're talking about is not like that. It's not a love that's based on performance. It's not a love out of guilt. It's not a love that's based on certain conditions. If you do this, then I will love you. If you do this well, then I will love you. It's not a love that can be withheld or misused or abused. And maybe we've experienced at some time in our life this type of love. This is the love. We're not talking about this love. That's, that's us as humans. I know we're pathetic at times, aren't we? We are. And the church is like, are church is full of people. We're like that too. And it's wrong. But praise God for his grace and forgive. But we're, not ta- we're talking about God's love. It's pure. It's agape. It's unending. It's right. It's just. You know, Jesus experienced abuse he experienced conditional love you think about Peter that denied him three times you know he's like I'll go to the yeah, I'll do anything for you and then a slave girl says do you and he's like no no not me that was the conditions for Peter he's like I'm not dying for this guy it was a conditional love you know Jesus experienced rejection he experienced all horrible things yet he still served because he knew why he was doing it he knew why because he was called by his father. Because he loved his father and his father loved him. They had a loving relationship and he loved the people and that's why he served. He knew he had a job to get done. He was here for one job, one mission, and he was going to get it done. It didn't matter about what humans were doing because it wasn't about that. It was about what he was, it was between him and the father and what he was called to. And he understood that it came with sufferings and persecutions and criticism. Yet he still served. Anyone suffered, being persecuted, criticised for serving God and building his kingdom? Jesus still served because he knew why he was doing it. You know, we too come up against hard times at times, don't we, in our service to God? But we have to come back to why we are serving him and we're doing it from this place of love. We're empowered by his love. We serve him because of who he is, because he gave us breath. (laughs) You're only sitting here right now. I'm only standing here because of him right now, breathing. We serve him just for that alone. We serve him because he gives us eternal life. He gave us himself. He is the almighty God. We serve him because of his great love for us and because we want to please him. You know, our kids want to please us, don't they? They don't always get it right, but we want to please him, so we serve him. We serve him because we love his people and we serve him because we understand that our life is not our own. We have to understand this and get a revelation on that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 says this, For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives but lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. How awesome is that piece of scripture? You know, we just sung about it as well, but God has proven his love to us. He's proven his love to us. We we cannot get any more clearer on that. God loves you. And it's up to you whether you choose to accept that or not. But God can't do anything else. He's literally done everything. I mean, he sent his one and only son to die on a cross for you. He's proved his love. He's proved it. But we get to choose whether we respond to this love or not. So we get a choice, we get to choose and you know many choose not to, many choose not to respond to the love of God, many choose not to. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 says, come to God through the narrow gate because the wide gate and broad path is the way that leads to destruction, nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life and so few ever find it nearly everyone chooses the crowded road must be pretty busy on that road right so we can choose that road and be on the crowded road with nearly everybody else or we can live and choose the narrow path and no one says it was an easier path it didn't say that did it it said it's the more difficult way in fact but there you find true life there you find eternal life it's the narrow path There is where your life is accountable to God. It's, you're accountable. But we're accountable, again, because he loves us and he wants us to live the better way. Not the easier way, but the better way. It's the better way. We get to choose our salvation. It's a choice. You know, you get to choose whether you'll enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ or not. When you came to Jesus, you get, got to choose. Will I choose? I mean, I've told you my story. I was at Teen Challenge doing lessons and the question was, do you want to learn more about God or do you just want to give your heart to Jesus? I had a choice. Yeah. I don't want to do another lesson. I'm just going to give my heart to Jesus. Amen? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I had a choice. You have a choice. We get to choose as well if we want to grow, connect. So first, connect. we get to choose if we want to grow in relationship with Jesus. We get to choose if we if we, if we want to expand on that relationship, we can make a commitment, but then it, we get to choose if we take that next step. Do we want to grow in relationship? Do we want to make Sunday church a priority? Do we want to join growth group? Do we want to spend time in the Bible? Do we want to spend time in prayer? Do we want to spend time in worship? Do we want to spend time praying? All of those things are choices yeah. and we get to choose whether we do that or not. We can pursue it or we cannot pursue it. It's on us. And so as much as God has proven his love to us and loves us, we have to respond. We we need to respond. We we get a choice. And we also get a choice if we will serve him or not. Will we serve him? Will we fulfill the call upon our life? Will we answer the call? Will we we walk out the plan that he has laid out for you personally? Will we fulfill the good works that he planned out before you were born? Will I do that or will I not? Let me think about it. But when you understand really, and I say it's a choice, and maybe I might confuse you now, but when you understand that your life is not your own, then you really don't have a choice. And that's how the Bible works, isn't it? It's funny like that. You have a choice, but you don't. But if you have that revelation that your life is not your own, then really you don't have, I don't have a choice. I know that. I'm accountable to God for the life that he's given me. And I take this responsibility seriously to walk out to the bell. I don't get it all right. Just talk to Jacob after the service. He'll tell you. I don't get it. Or maybe he won't. He's a gentleman. I don't always get it right. But we do the best we can. And that's where it comes back to Adele's message, being empowered by his grace. Praise God for his mercy and grace. Amen. And so we get to choose if we'll use the gifts and talents that he gave us, that he placed in us when he made us, when he knitted us in our mother's womb. Will we choose? Many don't. Many don't. You watch so many gifted, talented people. You see them using it for other things and not building God's kingdom. But either way, the Bible says that he will hold us accountable. Back to that scripture. He will hold us accountable Romans 14:12 Therefore each one must answer for himself and give a personal account of his own life before God. So that means that we can't get someone else to speak for us. Your husband can't speak for you. Your wife can't speak for you. Your pastor can't speak for you. You're going to have to give an account for yourself. You're going to have to stand before God and give an account for your personal life, what you did and what you didn't do. You, personally, no one else can do it. And I don't think the blame game is going to go down very well with God. I don't think so. Adam and Eve tried it in the Garden of Eden. Adam blamed Eve and he even blamed God. He said it was her who you gave me. (laughs) He did a double blame. Eve blamed the snake. It was the snake. It tricked me. I don't think, I, don't, I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think the blame game is going to go down with God very well when you're standing before him, giving him a personal account of your life. And I don't think he's going to be into excuses either. You know, a job as leaders sometimes is to just eliminate excuse <laughs> excuses. Yeah. Excuse after excuse after excuse. I was speaking to a friend this week who's in the building. And I, and I said, your gymming inspires me. Gymming, I don't know if that's a word, but I said, the way you gym, go to the gym, it inspires me. I've not been doing it, and my excuse is it's cold. And she said, it ain't cold at the gym. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I said, I'm like the lazy person they talk about in Proverbs. I can't go outside because there might be a lion out there. That's what the person, the lazy person in Proverbs says, I can't go outside because there may be a lion out there. I don't think either, and this I've used an excuse myself personally for many years, about 10 years, fear, I'm scared. I don't want to get up and speak because I'm scared. And we think maybe that this excuse that we can get that through God, that that would be okay. But I want to remind you about the parable in the book of Matthew. The parable in the book of Matthew, Jesus says this parable is like the kingdom of heaven. And so you have a businessman that gives three men bags of gold and the Bible actually says that he gave the different amounts of gold but he gave each amount to the three different men according to their ability to manage it. Now that is very key that it was according to their ability to manage it because a lot of the time we feel sorry for the third guy because he was like I was scared so I buried it and we feel sorry for him. But the point is is that He wasn't given more than he could handle. He was given what he could manage. He was given what was well within his capabilities. And so it was on him, his his responsibility, if he was scared to work through that because he wasn't given more than he could handle. And so that's so key that we remember that. And so they were given three bags of gold and and the two, two of the men doubled the money. They doubled the money through investment. And, and he said to him, the said to them, the businessman said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are trustworthy, you are faithful, and, and I'm going to give you more because you're faithful with what you got. But the third man come to him and he said, here's your money. And he said, I was so scared of you. I was scared, so I buried the money, but I've, I've given back the original amount that you've given me. And the response from the businessman, he wasn't happy. And we have to remember, though, the beginning of this story, Jesus said that this parable is like the kingdom of heaven. So we're not just talking about a story that's a story. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so he said to the third businessman, he said, you lazy and wicked servant. He said, you are unfaithful and you are untrustworthy. I know, right? Fear is not an excuse. It can't be. And I I used it for 10 years and God is ever so gracious and ever so faithful. But at some stage, we have to step up to what God is calling us to do. We have to. And so he said to the third guy, he said, because you have not been faithful, I'm going to take off what you had in the first place and I'm going to give it to someone else. Sometimes I think we kind of fluff around Scripture and the Bible to make people feel good. And I'm not deliberately trying to make you feel bad. I'm challenged to the core as much as you may be this morning. But sometimes we have to read it as it is and preach it as it is. Amen? And this is what it says. And so I think that as we are thinking about what God has called us to do, as we're thinking our next steps and you might be thinking well what 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 am i called to like how does this work and and the key to walking in all god has for us is to continually lay down our lives is to say flesh die flesh die like when i want to go to the gym i've got to say i've just got to get to the gym and say flesh die flesh die it's not always easy serving god is it it's not always convenient what do you mean i have to be here at 7:30 a.m. to set up the hall It's freezing cold outside. Are you kidding me? Why don't we have a building yet? Come on. It's not always convenient. What do you mean I have to preach when I'm sick? I feel sick, God. Get up and preach the word. It's not always convenient. Matthew 16, 25, for if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you'll continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. This is not a win-win scripture, is it? It's a win or lose. You can have everything or you can have nothing because what you try to hold on to, the Bible says you're going to forfeit anyway. It's not a win-win scripture. Sometimes we think we can get away with things and make it work in our favour and it's a win-win. But this scripture, you can't do that. It's win or lose. And again, it comes back to choice. What are you going to do? And so the question is, if, if you're accountable to God for your life that you have in Christ, how do you know what you're called to? And it's as simple as what God said to Moses. It's use what's in your hand. Use what's in your hand. Start where you are. The local church. Jump on a team. Start serving. Start in your local community. Join a committee. Join a group, whatever it may be, and start serving. Start sharing your testimony. Start inviting people to church. Start telling people about the difference that Jesus has made in your life. If He's made a difference... Share it, start there because God's not gonna show you the big picture. He's just wanting you, he's just asking you to take your next step and we all have next steps and your next step is different to either next step but my steps is different to yours and yours is different to mine but we each have to take our next step and so that's where we start. We ask ourselves, what am I passionate about? What are my gifts and talents? If you need help with that, we have something that we call an empower course. It's a two-week course. We help you discover what your gifts and talents are. Start with that. Make a two-week commitment to a two-week empower course. You can start there. But use what's in your hand. And before you know it, you'll be doing things that you never dreamed possible. You'll be living the abundant life, the the, the eternal life that God talks about, you'll be building God's kingdom. Is it without challenges? No. Is it worth it? Yes. Because the beauty is as you keep sacrificing and as you keep surrendering and as you keep laying down your life, the Bible says that you become more and more like Jesus, that he transforms us from the inside out. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 17, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we become more like Jesus. How amazing is that? We're transformed from the inside out, from glory to glory to become more like our brother, our saviour, our Lord, our perfect example. And so this morning, I want to set you with a challenge, if that's okay, to take your next step, whatever that is, take your next step and see what God will do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for who you are, Father God. We thank you that you love us with agape love, with an unending love, Lord God, with a pure love, with a love that you continuously pour out into our hearts, Lord God. And we thank you that you call us from this place of love, Lord, is where you call us to serve from, Father God, where you call us to achieve the mission for which you put us on this earth, the purpose that you have given us, each and every one of us, Lord God that we are empowered by that passion and that love to build your kingdom, to serve your people, to love on people, to reach out as we see happen amongst this church, Father God. Lord, I pray where people are holding back, Lord God, where they're protecting themselves, Father God, where they're too scared to take that next step, Lord God. I just pray right now for the grace and the courage that they need to take their next step in you, Father. Whatever that looks like for them, Lord God, I pray that you give them what they need to be able to do that, Father. So we pray for strength. We pray for peace. We pray that you'd have your way, Father, in and through our lives, Lord God. And just while we're in this attitude of prayer, we spoke about making decisions and One of the best decisions I've ever made was when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and I remember this peace and this joy like never before that came upon me. And I was back home in the arms of my heavenly father, back in relationship with him where we all should be. Something's always missing when you're not walking with Jesus. When you're not in relationship with your dad, your heavenly dad, something will always be missing You can have the world, but something will always be missing. And so if there's anyone in the building right now or anyone listening online, if you'd like to make that decision, if you'd like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then now is your opportunity. And so if you'd like to slip your hand up in the air if you're in the building or if you're online, you can slip your hand up in the air as well and God will see that hand. And we're going to pray all together as a church right now. And church, if you can follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins. Wash me clean. And today I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and we're going to worship the king. Amen.